2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 8. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 8 and 9. And Paul said this, We don't want you to be uninformed, brothers, about the hardships we suffered in the province of Asia. We were under great pressure. Notice, we were under great pressure. It was far beyond our ability to endure. So that we despaired even of life. Indeed, in our hearts, we felt a death sentence. But this happened so that we might not rely on ourselves, but on God who raises the dead. Notice what Paul said here, but this happened so that we may not rely on ourselves, but on God who raises the dead. Let's pray. Father, I thank You for this Word we're about to receive. I pray that we rely on You, Lord. As I rely on You right now, Lord, to preach this Word, help us to understand it, to leave here, Lord, today completely changed and renewed in Jesus' name. Amen. And amen. You guys can have a seat. As we continue part three of our series, the first week, we talked about this new year, how we need to renew our hearts before we change anything else in our lives, change ourselves, amen? Last week, we talked about being more grateful. And if we are more grateful in life, it's amazing how much life will be so much better if you realize that you deserve nothing and everything you do have is a gift from God. Therefore, we should live with more gratitude. And this week, I want to teach you an amazing principle that a lot of people claim to really do, but really not do, and therefore their lives are not where they need to be. I want to teach you this morning on what it means to truly rely on God. You see, all of us right now, we are flesh. We're weak. I don't want to insult you, but you're not perfect. Amen? You're not perfect. You're not a little angel. Your kids, you might call them little angels, but they're not. All of us, all of us, myself included, I could be up here on stage, on the pulpit preaching, but we all have this in common. We are all imperfect beings. Can we just breathe in, breathe out, let it out? You're not perfect. Amen. Praise God. Amen. Amen. All right. You're not perfect. It means that you're going to make mistakes. It means that you're going to read the Bible, learn the Bible, memorize the Bible, go to church, worship, and guess what? You're going to go right back out to a sinful, ungodly, broken world, and you're going to make sinful choices because we, again, were not perfect. That is why God did not simply just put you on earth and say, figure it out, see you later. See, God did not just put you on this earth to figure life out, to see what He wants you to do and, and hope you make the right choices. God says, I want to not only put you on this earth, I want to do life with you. I want you to get up every morning and depend on me. I want you to lean on me for wisdom. I want you to lean on me for strength. I want you to lean on me for power. I want you to want me because I know that you cannot do anything without me. The Bible is clear. Apart from God, we are nothing. We're nothing without God. He is the source of our strength because we are weak. He is wisdom because we lack. He is a solution because we have problems. We are people that might claim to rely on God. It's such a Christian thing to say. Oh, trust in the Lord. Can I tell you, as a pastor, to be honest, I think one of the worst advice you can give someone when they're in trouble is trust God. Because you're just telling them what to do, but you're not really showing them how. And I can sit here and tell you in the middle of a crisis, just trust in God, just rely on God. I can preach on it and say, hey, just rely on the Lord. But I don't want to just do that this morning. I want to teach you how to do it. I want to show you if you're doing it. 
Because when you rely on God, it sets you free from a life of pressure. It sets you free from a life of anxiety. It sets you free from depression and discouragement. Because God did not intend for you to walk this earth alone. He wants to live with you. He wants to do life with you. He wants to lead you. He wants to guide you, protect you, help you. He wants to be the reason you become the person He created you to be. And a lot of people here though, we just think we're relying on God. But I want to tell you that if you think you're relying on God, Maybe after this message, you're going to realize you've been living a lie. Because when you rely on God, you have zero anxiety. You have zero pressure. You just know that God is in control. And many people can claim to rely on God. In fact, so many people think they do. If you would look at our currency right now in the U.S., it would say, in God we what? We trust. Now let me ask you a question. Does that statement match the current state of our state? It's easy to say it. I trust God. But maybe your life doesn't show that. And we become people that rely on other things to get by. And we rely on people. You ever say, I'm nothing without them. That's not true. Even if you don't have them, you're going to be okay because God never leaves you nor forsakes you. We rely on people. We rely on money. We rely on our government. We rely on all these other things. But here's the problem. Wherever your source of strength is, I can guarantee it's not an absolute. It can fail. People will fail you. Money will fail you. Our government will fail you. Everything will fail you. That's why God says, I want you to rely on me because God is the only one that will never let you down. He will never put you to shame. The Bible says, I have never seen anyone who trusts in the Lord live to be in shame. God says, I want you. To rely on me. But sadly, even people like Paul sometimes relied on his own strength. He relied on his own wisdom. He relied on his own ability to make things happen, to figure things out, to get things done, to get out of problems. And he often forgot he had a God waiting for him to rely on. And I thought about this message. Because I believe that a lot of us might claim we trust God. And it's interesting because as a Christian, you trust Jesus for your soul, but you can't trust Him for your life here on earth. And it makes no sense to trust in Jesus for your soul in eternity, but on your day-to-day living here on earth, you're going to live in fear and panic and anxiety because you don't know what's going to happen, how you're going to figure this out, or what if this happens. That is not the way God has intended for us to live. And this is where I got this message, this this inspirational idea. Jerrica loves to buy things. I'm about to cancel. She is the reason Jeff Bezos is rich. Amazon is what it is because of her. Every time I walk into the house, there's something different. And Jerrica's smart. We have this thing. Listen, if something costs about over $100, just talk to me about it so we can figure it out. She's never talked to me about it because everything she buys is under a hundred and it accumulates to a hundred. So she figured out the loophole. But anyway, as I, as I hopped into the shower, I, I noticed this new shower caddy on the wall. And it was too, and, and she's like, Amazon, Amazon. And I saw it. I, I have to admit it was nice. It was convenient to have my razors and soap and everything there. And as I was showering, I started trying to figure out, how is this thing on the wall? Does she nail it? What does she do? 
And it was stuck on the wall. And here's what's interesting. There's this little device called a suction cup with a little hook. And as I was looking at this shower caddy, I noticed that that suction cup was actually stuck on there and holding everything together. And here's why. Because this suction cup, it had to be pressed down for it to work. And when I saw that, I told God, Lord, that's how I feel. And I bet that's how my church feels. Because you know how this suction cup works? It needs to have pressure. It needs to be pressed down. And when the pressure is on and it is applied and it is pressed down, it literally sucks the air right out. And as a result, when that air gets sucked out, it stays stuck where it's at. And let me ask you this question. Have you ever felt like a suction cup? Does does it ever feel like life is just putting pressure on you? Does it ever feel like you have all these things pressing you down? You have all these things just on you, weighing you down. If you can describe what life is for a lot of people today, the word would be pressed down and under pressure. Pressure is all you feel. There's this, there's this pressure amongst Christians to perform perfect for God and it leads them to be stressed and miserable. There, there's a pressure that leads into your finances. There's financial burdens. There's financial pressure. And I have to pay this loan off. I have to pay this bill off. I have to put food on the table. And inflation is high. And this is expensive. And I don't know if I'm going to make it to next month. And there's all this financial pressure on you. So therefore, because there's financial pressure, you need to go to work more. And there at work, you find even more pressure at work. And you're under all these pressures because you got to get your job done. you got to do it right because you have the pressure of losing your job or getting replaced or fired. You have all this pressure with relationships. There's the pressure to get married. And then when you're married, there's the pressure to stay married. There's the pressure to make everyone happy. You need to make your friends happy. You need to make your family happy. You need to make your pastor happy, your church people happy. Everyone's depending on you. There's all this relational pressure because people are counting on me, pastor. And if I let them down, the pressure is on. There's parental pressure. You have the pressure of raising a child. See, I'm a puppy dad now. And there's pressure in that. I have to keep him alive. But he's crazy. I'm a cat person. And cats are like, feed me later, see you later. But this dog is like running up and down the stairs. He's disappearing. He's chewing electrical cords. There's the pressure. I can't imagine what it means to even be a parent. Because you're in charge of a human. And there's the pressure to make sure they grow up to be good functioning members of society, to grow up, to love the Lord. The pressure is on. There's the pressure to be beautiful and keep up with everyone else on social media. There's the pressure in ministry to make sure the bills are paid and everyone's learning and growing and coming to church. There's the pressure. And here's what happens. When pressure is applied to a suction cup, The air gets sucked out. And that's how I feel sometimes. That life has just been so overwhelming and the pressure is just so intense that it has just sucked. It has just sucked the life out of me. It has sucked the joy out of living. It has sucked the peace right out of me. 
It has sucked the fun right out of it. It has sucked my strength out. Life is so overwhelming and so pressing on me that my faith has been sucked away. My hope has been sucked away. And life is just... Now I feel, Pastor, that I'm just stuck. And because of the pressure and how life just sucks everything out of me, I'm just stuck. And, and I feel stuck in a loveless marriage. I'm stuck in a job I hate. I'm stuck with these negative emotions. I'm stuck with this addiction. I, I just feel stuck like I'm going nowhere with life, nowhere with God. I, I feel just stuck. And if you see so many people today, this is what they look like. They're under so much pressure. Life has just sucked the joy out of them. And if you can just see them, they're just stuck. When I saw that in my shower... I said, Lord, what's, what are you trying to tell me? And maybe one person in this church today, or all of us, or online, but you've come to the right place because you are under so much pressure. And your life is just pressing on you. And all the joy and peace Hope and faith you had has just been sucked away. Can I tell you that this is what Paul felt? Let's go back to 2 Corinthians 1, 8 through 9. Paul says this, I, I don't want you to be uninformed, brothers, meaning Christians. I don't want you to be uninformed about the hardships we suffered. Now, Paul is a man of God. He's saved. He loves Jesus. He's preaching. But let me tell you, he's honest. And he says, I'm going through hardships. Which tells us, just because you love the Lord, just because you're walking with God, just because you're faithful and you've given your life to Jesus, doesn't mean that hardships are gone it doesn't mean that hardships are not going to happen. Paul said, I don't want you to be uninformed. Now, why did Paul write this passage? He wrote it for two reasons. One, he wants to first, he wants to be honest. You know, I think Christians need to be more honest. Amen? We need to stop thinking we have life all together. We have to stop thinking and deceiving others like we're never sad, we're always happy, life is always good, life is always just peachy. No, Paul is honest with other believers and he's saying life is hard. And Paul was a man that everyone looked up to. Paul was the one that was preaching. Paul was the one that was teaching and counseling and helping and building churches. But he got so real and raw and honest. He's saying, listen, I don't want you to be misinformed. I don't want you to think that my life is perfect. I don't want you to think that I'm not sad. I don't want you to think that I'm not going through anything. In fact, let me be honest with you. Paul says, I'm going through hardships that I suffered in the providence of Asia. And notice Paul says, we were under great pressure. He's so honest, he said, I was under a lot of pressure. He gets so honest. He says, not only were we under great pressure, but it was far beyond our ability to endure. Listen to me. This is Paul saying, the pressure I'm going through, the hardships that I'm suffering, they're beyond my ability to handle. I think there's a, a sense of freedom in this passage because maybe you need to be reminded of or you need to learn for the first time in your life. You can't handle everything. 
there's a lot of situations in your life that God intended to go beyond you. Beyond your ability to understand. Beyond your ability to fix. Beyond your wisdom to handle. There's some people in your life you can't change. There's some situations in your life you can't get out of. There's some problems and setbacks that no matter how strong or wise you think you are, you can do nothing about. But see, Paul didn't understand this at the moment. And notice what he said after. We were under great pressure. It was far beyond my ability to handle. And instead of saying, so then, I just prayed about it, I gave it to the Lord, I asked the Lord to guide me, notice what Paul says. We were under such great pressure, far beyond our ability to endure, so that we despaired life. That's when you know the pressure is breaking you. Because when he was under such great pressure, he despaired at life. What does it mean to despair in life? To despair literally means to give up all hope. To feel defeated. Discouraged. To think you've reached the end of something. To believe it will never change. It will never get better. It's never going to happen for me. See, you know you're in despair when you've given up all hope, all expectations of something great happening for your life and your future. If you're sitting here today and you think that some, your life is over, it's hopeless, it's never going to get better, I'm never going to change, I'm never going to get out of this, then you understand that you have allowed the pressures of life to break you. And Paul was so honest, he said, I despaired of life. And there are so many people who walk this earth who are despaired in life. And despair is something so easy to hide. All it takes is you walking into this door, into this church, and smiling for us to assume you're not in despair. You can laugh, you can smile, you can walk through life confident, but some of the most confident people underneath are living with despair. Hopelessness. The thought of just ending it all. To think that God has forgotten them. And Paul is so honest. He said, I want you not to be uninformed. But I was under such pressure that I lost hope. Notice Paul says we were under great pressure far beyond our ability to endure so that we despaired even of life. Look at verse 9. Indeed, in our hearts, and that word hearts literally means your inner thoughts. So while, while Paul was preaching and teaching and, and serving God and, and doing miracles in his thoughts, he felt a death sentence. Like it's over. I wonder if that's you this morning. It's over. And Paul says, I don't want you to be unaware of this. Why did Paul feel such a need to tell everyone his business? Why did he feel a need to stand up in front of everyone and say, I don't want you to be ignorant of this. I'm under great pressure. It's more than I can handle. And I've lost all hope. I actually feel like death is upon me. Because he wants people to know it could happen to anyone. If you feel like you're under so much pressure and stress and you've lost hope, that could happen to anyone. If life right now is beyond you, 
And you're saying, I, I don't know how I'm going to do this. I don't know when I, this is going to happen. What if this happens and I have all the pressure of life on me and it's breaking me, Pastor, that I get up every morning and I'm sad, I'm discouraged, I'm anxious, I'm hopeless, I don't laugh anymore, I don't have fun anymore, and I have all this stress and pressure and anger in me, and maybe pressure is breaking me, but what do I do? First, let me tell you, you're not alone. If you have the pressure of marriage, if you have the pressure of children and money and stress and godliness, if you have the pressures of life, you are not alone. There is a way out. Even though that suction cup was pressed on, even though the air got sucked right out, And even though it felt stuck, I saw this little hook that showed me it was for a purpose. It was designed to hold something stronger than itself. And if it wasn't pressed on, and if it wasn't that the air got sucked out, it wouldn't be able to hold what I was about to put on it. You say, well, pastor, what's your point? Besides that you're crazy. What if I told you there's purpose behind pressure? Oh, but, but my life, is, everything's just so hard. What if God's saying, I know? What if there's purpose behind pressure? You know what's interesting today? I think we've become a weak society. I, I look at history books and they went through great depressions and world wars and they got through it. But today, you will throw any of those problems today to people? We'd all turn into Antifa. I'm burning this down. I can't take it. There's purpose behind pressure. Come on, help me preach. Tell your neighbor. There's purpose behind pressure. There's purpose. And you know what? Let me, can I preach for a minute? This is why today... People have no commitment. They don't stick to things. This one's stuck. Great, Lord. Okay. <laughs> there you go. This doesn't stick. Why? Because if you can't handle pressure, you can't remain faithful. That's why marriages end in divorce. Why? Because it's just too hard. Stop sticking. My goodness. Can't handle the pressure. What if there's purpose behind pressure? Paul found it. Paul said, listen, I was under great pressure, far beyond my ability to handle, more than I can bear. I despaired in life. I was hopeless. I had a pity party. I was sad. I was discouraged. I was depressed. All this time, none of you knew it. But deep down inside in my inner thoughts, I thought I was on death row. I was just miserable because life was just so pressing on me. And then God said something interesting in this passage. Indeed, our hearts, we found a death sentence. Notice where the freedom took place. But this happened. Say that with me. This happened. What happened? The trouble, the afflictions, the pressure, the stress, the abandonment, the people, all of the problems I had, all of that happened. Not because God was mad at me. Not because God was unfair and cruel. Not because God was punishing me for my sins. But all of this happened because I needed to learn one thing. 
All of this happened so that we might not rely on ourselves, but on God. You know what? Sometimes God allows pressure and problems far beyond your ability to handle so that you can realize that He is all you need. He's all you have. And God says, I'm allowing this pressure to go beyond you so that you would rely on me and not yourself. God was killing the pride in Paul. When Paul realized, I don't have the wisdom it takes to figure this out. I don't have the strength and need to endure this. I don't have the ability to get out of this. Instead of despairing in life, I realized why God was allowing it. He was teaching me to be dependent on Him. And maybe this is why you're living with despair, because you have lost your dependence on God. You have prided yourself and you say, you know what? I got this. This is my life. I'm going to make it happen. I'm going to make it to the top. I'm going to figure it out by all my own wisdom, my own strength. I'm going to get it done. Isn't that how people talk today? And God says, let's see how far you go. But when life gets beyond what you can handle, is because God is letting you know, I never intended for you to handle this. That's good preaching there. You better praise God for that one. Because listen, God never intended for you to handle it. So Paul realized that the pressure he felt, the pressing down, was actually making him stronger. I can try to pull this all I want. It's so strong right now. Because there's purpose behind pressure. Are you under a lot of pressure today? We all are. You walked into this church And there's pressure that none of us even know you're under. And we never know the pressure that someone right next to you has. Or how they might even be despairing in life. But God says this happens because we need to learn to rely on Him. This happened because Paul realized that when he suffered, when he was in trouble, when he was under great pressure, it wasn't because God was mad. It's not because God wanted him to feel guilty. It wasn't because of any mistake he made or sin. God allowed the pressure beyond what he could handle so that Paul would run to God. But instead of running to God, He chose to despair. And that's what we do. Instead of running to God when when life is at its hardest, instead of running to God when we failed, instead of running to God when life goes beyond us and we need to figure things out, we tend to want to despair and feel pitiful and feel hopeless and lock ourselves up in a room and cry and be just all discouraged and depressed. Why? Because deep down inside, you thought you could do it. You thought you could figure it out. But when life goes beyond you, you feel like you're the worst person ever. You're not good enough. You're not smart enough. You're not strong enough. And and I don't know why I couldn't get through it because there's a pressure in life to always know what you need to do. There's a pressure in life to always have the answers. There's a pride about us that doesn't want to admit, I can't do this. There's a pride about us that says, I can't figure this out. That's why we have to lie and manipulate and play word games so that no one knows that we don't know. But there's freedom and weakness because the Bible says, when I am weak, He is strong. It's okay 
if life is beyond you. Because God wanted Paul to realize you can't handle everything. You need me. How do you rely on God? Let me tell you how you don't rely on Him. You don't just tell God, I trust you, but then do whatever you want. You don't put God to a test. You don't say, I trust God, so I'm going to blind myself off my eyes. I'm going to just put a blindfold on and cross the palmetto during rush hour because I trust God. He's going to spare my life. I'll see you in heaven. That's what the devil tried to do to Jesus. Throw yourself off if you really rely on God. Don't just, oh, I trust God, so I'm going to drive and let go of the steering wheel. That's Carrie Underwood, not you. And I'm just going to trust God, Jesus, take the wheel. We don't put God to the test. God says, can anyone put fire on their lap and not burn? Relying on God doesn't mean you put yourself in situation expecting God to get you out. Relying on God doesn't mean like, oh, you know what, I'm just going to wait for God to do something. Because sometimes God is waiting on you to do something. What does it mean to rely on God? You're gonna, you want to be set free from worry and anxiety and depression right now? Right now. You're going to save a lot of money on therapy if you listen on right now. Psalm 131, verse 1. Paul said this. Sorry, David said this. My heart is not proud. What does it mean to rely on God? You kill the pride. You know what pride says? I got this. I can do this. I'll figure it out. I'll make it work. I'll make it happen. David said, my heart is not proud. Oh Lord, my eyes are not haughty. And here's where David was set free from pressure. I don't concern myself with great matters or things too wonderful for me. That's it. Let me explain to you. David said, there's going to be problems in my life that go beyond what I can handle. So before I go thinking, I can do this, I got this, I'm strong enough, I, I'm a warrior, David said, no, I need the Lord. And David would ask himself one question. Could I do anything about this? Ask yourself, the pressure that you have, the things you need to figure out, the problems that you face, ask yourself this honest-to-God question, could I myself do anything about it? And if the answer is yes, then concern yourself with it. Do what you have to do. You'll be surprised how many people have problems they should never even have if they simply do what they know they need to do. I love how quiet it is. So then you ask yourself the same question when life gets difficult and the pressure is on. Could I do anything about this? If the answer is no, then don't concern yourself with it and don't allow it to make you anxious. But that's what you trust God and wait for Him to do something. It's that simple. I think we're just that dumb. Could I do anything about it? Yes? Then do it. If I can't, then I'll wait on the Lord. That's why so many people are living with anxiety. That's why so many people are under pressure that breaks them. Because you concern yourself with everything. Even things that are outside of your control and your ability to handle. Could, could I sit down, turn on the news, and get anxious every morning? 
And I get mad, I get anxious, I get angry. I mean, it's, I'm a mess. But I realize half the things I get mad at, scared about, worried about, anxious about, more than half of those things I literally could do nothing about. So you know what I do? The Bible says, be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer. Give it to the Lord. Are there people in your life you could do nothing to change? Give them to the Lord. If you could do anything to help them, yes, concern yourself with it. But if not, let it go. That's what it means to rely on the Lord. Let me close by explaining to you how anxiety works through a cup of water. You guys ready for this? You guys blessed this morning? You like the church so far, I mean? I'm good? All right. <laughs> I think we concern ourselves with too much today. Am I crazy or am I right? We, we concern ourselves and then there are people that don't concern themselves enough with things they can change. So God says through David, ask yourself this question. Could you do anything about it? No. Don't concern yourself with it. Trust me. If you can, then do what you need to do, but trust God with what you can't do. See, relying on God means I'm going to do what I can do and live in obedience to God, but I'm going to trust in the Lord with everything else I can't do. You, you can't trust God for provisions if you don't want to get a job what I'm saying you do what you need to do I'm gonna get up I'm gonna work I'm gonna feed my family but when everything else gets expensive and crazy and I can do nothing about it I'm just gonna re rely on God I do what I need to do I obey this word of God and I trust him with everything else I can't do anything but we don't do that. And that's why anxiety and pressure breaks us. I have a cup of water in my hand. How much water do you guys think it's in here? Eight ounces? We'll say eight. How much does eight ounces weigh in grams? 117. Google people, come on. 117 grams of water, eight ounces in the cup. How much does this weigh in pounds? Google, people, come on. Quarter of a pound, wow. How much is all of this weigh and measure? It doesn't matter. You know why? Because if I hold this cup long enough, eventually my arm gets tired. It's getting tired right now. I feel the pressure. If I'm here half an hour from now, I'll be pale. I'll be hurting. I'll be struggling. I'll be shaking. And nothing changed. Listen, it didn't go from 8 to 100. It stayed 8 ounces. It stayed 117 grams. And stayed a quarter of a pound. But listen, if I hold on to it long enough, it gets heavier and heavier and heavier, though nothing changes. This is how so many Christians live their life and why anxiety weighs them down, why the pressure gets to them, why they live with so much pain and hurt and shaking and stress. Because right now, I'm holding on to things I'm holding on to this and I can pick it up 
Oh, I'm strong enough to pick up eight ounces. I can do this. The question is, how long? And God is asking someone here today, how long? How long are you going to hold on to that? How, how long are you going to let that weigh you down? How long are you going to let that hurt you? And you know what God said? Let it go. And man, instantly, relief is felt. That's what God wants to give you. That's what peace looks like. That's what joy looks like. That's what freedom looks like. When you say, Lord, I'm not going to handle the things I was never meant to handle, but I'm just going to surrender it to you. But as long as you keep holding on to it, saying, I can do this. I got this. I'm strong enough. God says, okay, you do that. And let's see how long until it breaks you. And in my heart, I know that there's a lot of things in your life you're holding on to. You need to surrender to the Lord and give it to Him. Let's all stand to pray. But before we pray, I want to show you one last verse. Can I show you one last verse? Just four chapters later, four chapters later, Paul transforms. He said this in 2 Corinthians 4, 8. Not one, but four. He said, we are hard what? We're hard pressed. On every side. He said, hey, the pressure is on every side. We are crushed, which literally means to be weighed down. We are perplexed, confused. But do not what? not in despair. What happened? Paul chapter 1 was in despair. Paul chapter 4 said, the pressure's still on, the problems are still there. The only difference is, I don't live with despair anymore. I live with hope. Why? Because Paul learned that when you rely on God, despair has no room in your heart. When you rely on God, hope always abounds. When you rely on God, miracles take place. God said through Paul in chapter 1, I despaired in life. I felt a death sentence. But I learned this happened so that I could rely on God. And here's the best resume God gave Paul. I raised the dead. I raised the dead. So even if you feel a death sentence and you die, I'm God Almighty. I will raise you up again until I finish what I've started in you. I am God Almighty. How dare you hold something that belongs to me? And as long as you keep holding on to it, it's going to hurt. It's going to make you suffer. It's going to give you anxiety. God said, come to me. All of you who are weary, heavy burdened. Cast your cares upon me because I care for you. Give it all to the Lord when you know you can't handle it. And the peace that surpasses all understanding will guard your heart and your mind. Let's pray. Father, I pray that you open up the hearts today. You're holding on to something that's causing you to feel burdened and guilty and stressed, depressed. You're trying to figure things out, make things happen. But you have hit a point where the pressure is breaking you. Kill the pride. And I want you to just stay right there where you're at. And you just pray this honest to God prayer that will set you free. Just say, Lord, I can't. Tell the Lord what you can't do what you can't change. 
what you can't fix, what you can't heal, what you can't mend. Because God says that He can do all things. You can do all things through Christ. That's the reliance on the Lord. Apart from God, you can do nothing. But with God, all things are possible. And maybe you thought you were relying on God, but you came to this church this morning and you said, Lord, forgive me. I realize now that I am not so reliant on you. I actually confess that I'm prideful and I'm arrogant. And how dare I think I'm strong enough and wise enough and spiritual enough to do this. Lord, I need you. Because the pressure is on. Heavenly Father, in Jesus' name. We thank you for this service. As we rely on you today, if this is you this morning, you're saying, God, I can't. I can't handle this. Maybe God is saying you're never meant to. And you have to surrender that to the Lord. So ask yourself this question. Can you do anything about it? And if your answer is no today, then say, Lord, I give it to you. Do what you need to do. Fix what needs to be fixed. But I will no longer concern myself with this. Give it to the Lord right now. And when that thought comes back to you and you start concerning yourself and the cup gets heavier, you give it back to the Lord and say, no, that is not my concern. But God's. Because I know God does not worry. But the Bible does say He concerns Himself for you. Heavenly Father, I thank You for this word in Jesus' name. Father, bless this word to our hearts. Forgive us for relying on ourselves and our own strength. And though the pressure is on and life's just sucks the joy out of us, we know it's for a greater purpose, to make us stronger, more dependent on you. So Father, we pray that you just, we just pray you bind all anxiety and depression, discouragement, sadness, hopelessness, guilt, condemnation, failure, weakness. And we lean on you. Give strength and wisdom to those who need it now. Pour your love on them now. And let them know it's okay. We love you. We thank you for this word and for this new year. In Jesus' name, amen. And amen. Come on, give God some praise this morning.